Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The Large Nerdron Collider podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Everybody, welcome to the Large Nerdron Collider podcast, the podcast that's all about the geeky things happening in the world around us and how very excited we are about them. I'm Ariel Caston, and with me, as always, is uh, podcast brilliant person Jonathan Strickland. Hey, Ariel, I've got a question for you. My question to you is you have the power. To cast your beloved co-host in any <laughs> role in any musical, what role do you cast me in in which show? Uh, the dude from chess, because you like chess. When uh, you say the dude from chess, <laughs> there are, I will have you know, multiple dudes in chess. Do you mean the one night in Bangkok dude? Do you mean yes. the, okay, all right, you mean, I yeah, gotcha, you mean the American, got it. Bangkok, oriental setting in the city, don't know. That is an acceptable answer, and I happily accept the role. I will start training now and start singing ABBA. Or the lead dude in Music Man. Never mind pumping any water till your parents are caught with a cistern empty on a Saturday night, and that's trouble. Yes, you got lots and lots of trouble. I'm thinking of the kids. Okay, that, that's also excellent. I mean, uh, I, I do like to tell people that they've got trouble right here in River City with a capital T that rhymes with P, and that stands for pool. Yes, that's and excellent. that's kind of what, what 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 we're talking about today. Yeah, would you would you like to know what Is I would cast you in? Trouble. I do. I would cast you <laughs> as 
Audrey from Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, I love that. It's a good, it's a good role. I want to be. It is a good role. I want that's on my bucket list. I was debating when you asked me giving you a silly answer, but then it would have given away uh, something coming up later in the episode. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of why I chose this question is that it is foreshadowing, but you'll have to stick to the end to find out what the heck I shadowed for. So we are entering into our, our first official first segment where we're going to talk about news. Now, however transparency for you guys out there in listener land, we're recording this well before the show goes up. So rather than pick news that will be stale, we thought we would talk a little bit about trends that have happened, particularly over the pandemic. And, and you know, stuff that we would have talked about, wanted to talk about prior to the launch of LNC version two. Yes. So the first part is, uh, I mean, these are all the bummers, right? Like, the pandemic has hit everyone super hard, and that does not mm-hmm. exclude the entertainment industry. The first thing yeah. I was going to bring up, and in fact, it does lead right back from the musicals thing, is that live theater is essentially on hold right now, apart from some creative uses of like streaming media and some very mm-hmm. limited performances, but by and large, live theater has been put on hold. Uh, Broadway, is on hiatus at least until May of 2021. But even worse than that, the Met Opera isn't even starting back till September 2021. Yeah, yeah. I, I would actually be shocked if we see Broadway open in the spring right now. Most of the projections I see when it comes to vaccinations and herd immunity are pointing to this time next year. But you know what? It's okay because during this time, we've just got so much good TV out there that we can watch. A whole uh, bunch of new shows happening. Yeah, not not that uh, many new ones. Not that many. Not that many returning ones either. Yeah. So this leads into our other part of talking about the bummers of COVID, and that would be that a lot of television series were affected by this, either going into a kind of limbo or mm-hmm. postponing a season uh, because obviously the the risks of production were very high, especially early on when we still were learning about yeah. the transmission. Arguably, we're still learning about the transmission of, of COVID-19, but back in the beginning, no one was really sure under what situations it was particularly... Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so everyone was so. shutting down. So, yeah, so, um, and a lot of the shows that shut down were in production Mm -hmm. um, when they started. Yeah, so so we we saw things like shows like Stranger Things season four had just started production uh, when the pandemic hit. I think they were in production for two weeks and then the pandemic shut them down. They had planned on being finished with their production by late August of 2020. And they didn't even get started again until late fall of this year. They are back in production, um, but obviously it's a much more controlled approach than what they were looking at when they were first starting in the early part of the year. Yeah, the film industry has some pretty stringent COVID regulations going on right now. Um, You know, they were lucky 
And and so were some other shows. Uh, Atlanta and Fargo were postponed due to the pandemic, but are mm-hmm. planned to come back. Mm-hmm. Some are, are not coming back. Glow and Drunk History were both filming uh, when the pandemic hit and then got canceled. And it was sad for Glow, a, a dramedy about the old show glow about female wrestlers Mm -hmm. because it was their final season. Yeah. The gorgeous ladies of wrestling will not get their final season because, uh, the budget just wasn't there to keep things kind of treading water indefinitely. And so the, the decision was made to pull the plug, which is a bummer, especially since that's a Netflix series and Mm -hmm. you see some of the stuff that Netflix green lights, And you start to wonder, because Glow was one of those that got critical acclaim. It was popular and it had good, good critical response. There are some things that Netflix funds that you start to (laughs) question, like who is, who's actually paying stuff out? I mean, granted, a lot of those are probably much lower budget productions. Yeah. So they don't cost as much, but yeah, you know. it, It wasn't just, it wasn't just filming um, it wasn't just budgeting. It was also scheduling. So like Society was another Netflix show mm-hmm. that did really well. And I haven't watched it, but it looked, the trailer looked funny. Um, <laughs> but uh, they were doing really well. But when it came to trying to keep that show going through the pandemic, juggling exceptionally large casts, not just because of COVID, but with scheduling, with postponing the production, just took that one out of the water too. Yeah. And some of these shows were already on the way to winding down. And now the question is for some of them, when will we get to see their final seasons? And for others, there's still the, the scary question of, will we see them? Because there's always the chance that they'll come to a similar conclusion that we saw with glow. Mm -hmm. So like Supergirl, for example, was already heading into its final season. Yeah, yeah, which in theory we're still getting. Yeah. Uh, Black Lightning got renewed, but now it's been said that this next season will be its final season as well. I don't know if that's COVID related though. Right. It, but but my point being that because because of these production issues, although we are seeing a lot more shows going back to production, uh, mm-hmm. but because of these production issues, it it's it worries me because that uncertainty can play out by affecting the shows and making them conclude earlier than was originally planned. Yeah. Although, although you've got a note here about the stranger things seasons four, going back to that, because, yeah. uh, there was a, a little added benefit to postponing the filming of the show, which you, was that they were able to revise their script. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So this was something that made me laugh. Apparently in every other season of stranger things, the creators of the show we're still working on scripts when the early scripts for the season went into production. So episode one might be in production and they might still be working on episode four, which means they don't really know where everything's going to lead and they might come up with a great idea for episode four, but they didn't really set it up in episode one because they hadn't Mm -hmm. thought of it yet. So the benefit of this was that because things got postponed, the brothers could end up working on the scripts for the entire season. They completed the season. Then they were able to go back through and revise the earlier scripts and have them be more cohesive. So in a way, 
calamity forced them to practice better writing approaches to their work. And that to me is interesting. I mean, there's some movies that I watched and as I was watching them, I felt like I was watching a film that was probably still being written while they were shooting the film. (laughs) And I later found out that was the case. The big one being, uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, the very first one. As I was watching it, I was like, there's no way this was a full script before these. And I love that movie. Don't get me wrong. But I, I can tell. Right. Yeah, I was right. I was <laughs> like, yeah, no, this 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 story is meandering all over the place. It's clear that they didn't really know where they were going when they started shooting because the, the story wasn't finished yet. Um, and the yeah. same thing was true with Stranger Things. But now we're going to get a season four that arguably is much stronger. Which which is good, because at the end of season three, I was like, how, what, where are they going to do with this? Yeah. That's a, that is a correct sentence in my mind. Um, but yeah, it, I, it, it hits so many of, I mean, it hit essentially every production, right? So. Yeah. You, I remember, I remember at the beginning going, which, okay, I, I'm waiting on these four shows for their new season. How many of them are far enough in their production schedule to still come out, despite the fact that everything's shut down, like mm-hmm. Umbrella Academy. Mm-hmm. For me, it was Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol, that is a, a series I did not expect to enjoy, and it made me fall in love with a street. I was is, about to say with a talking street. With and a talking street. It's so such a weird show. And, you know, one of those where it's so weird that you feel like it's the kind of thing that if you breathe on it wrong, it's going to go away. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ariel, you and I, we've been fans of shows that were truly weird kind of genre shows that never stood a chance. And it's amazing. They got as far as Gallivant being a more recent example, right? Great. That Gallivant. Great show. (laughs) Great show. Um, it felt like it could have gone one more season. Yes. Um, yes. The another one that I think of all the time, and this one really is a throwback, is the Adventures of Briscoe County Junior, which oh, was that was a great show. So much fun. Uh, it, it suffered a little bit with the Orb storyline, which I felt was too weird mm-hmm. even for me. But again, one of those shows where you're like, these are people who are taking chances to bring very unusual stuff to TV. And uh, they they get like a, a passionate fan base. It may not be big enough to justify continuing it, but that's the kind of thing like that I think of with Doom Patrol, right? It's that kind of category of show. And then you get something like a pandemic, which is obviously above and beyond the normal challenges these shows face. And you worry about whether what are its chances to survive? Yeah, I mean, right now it's still slated to come back. Um, and I'm glad that uh, some of the shows that I'm very excited about, things like WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, are still slated to happen. Um, yeah, they, they might be delayed a little bit, but they are like like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That was one of the stories we had where they have gone back into production. And according to uh, the Falcon, it's a miserable experience because he said he was in Prague and that all the all the food was delivered in Ziploc bags because it had to all be, you know, sanitary and, and safely handled. And he says it's just terrible. Yeah. And like it just sounds I like mean, a very unpleasant experience. There are a lot more hoops as a film actor you got to jump through to make a show right now. 
Well, and I want to talk to you about that when we when we come back from our break, because as someone who uh, has been dipping her toe in that industry uh, and has started to see how that works firsthand, I am curious to hear more about it. Uh, but we will save that after this quick break. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey, we're back. Yep. Exciting. <laughs> for, for us, for us, we were here the whole time. Uh, we were. But Ariel, I do want to ask you. So as you mentioned in our episode zero, you are an actress. Uh, mm -hmm. You you audition for things and you are pursuing that while we have this new reality going on. So yes. can you talk a little bit about things that you have observed or that you have learned of uh, when it comes to productions in this in this pandemic world? Yeah. So uh, really what it comes down to is most productions, and I'll say this even on an indie level, because I've done some indie stuff. I haven't been on a big set um, during the pandemic, but are really taking this seriously because much like Broadway, much like all this, if you're an actor, if you're a person who works on a film set, this is your livelihood. And you're basically, you've basically spent months not really making any art, not really making any money, mm -hmm. you know? And sure, if you're like an upper echelon actor, you're <laughs> you're probably pretty pretty comfy to to weather it through but you know that, a lot like, of that's like one percent of all actors that's though. like yeah that's that's not many you know most people live on a regular paycheck like every, like the rest of us um but so they all want to be really careful they don't want productions to shut down so it's stuff like testing every three days if you're 
a series regular, um, mm-hmm. temperature checks before you get on set, working. And, and all of these are in a get back to work guide that actually was released with uh, some of the unions. And there's an article about it on Washington Post. So if you have more interest in all of that, you can look it up there. But um, temperature checks, like you said, with craft services, making sure that food is individually packaged and given to everybody, uh, making sure that people are socially distancing whenever possible, working in different zones. So you'll have like different work groups of people, people who are on set every day of the week, people who are only on set for a couple of days, people who can work more regularly social distance as opposed to actors who have to take their masks off, have to to get closer together. And each of these different work groups have different regulations based on their their risk level that they have to go through. So um, if if you're not an actor, you have to wear a mask whenever you're within six feet of somebody. Actors, when they don't have to be acting, have to do the same. Um, you know, making sure that if you have to do skin on skin contact, that you're wearing gloves. I'm sure in certain scenes of a show that that may not happen. Mm-hmm. I've even heard, even though I, I I don't because I I do more film acting. I don't really do extra work anymore. Um, extras are being pulled on for longer periods of time than maybe just an afternoon because if you have to get tested, if you have to, you know, kind of self-quarantine and all this stuff and go through all the hoops to be on set, then they might want to use you for a couple more days to get a big chunk of filming out. Right, rather than have to keep repeating that whole process with a new batch of people over and over again. Yeah. That makes sense. But, but I mean, it's, it's a lot, and it's a lot of testing. So it's not perfect. You know, there are certainly some instances where... There's still COVID on sets, but not, not much. I think I read an article where on a Tyler, on, on Tyler Perry, his COVID rates are well below Georgia's regular COVID rates because yeah. of all of the precautions they're taking. So mm-hmm. it's safer than going to the grocery store. To me, it feels like, and it kind of seems like too. Well, and, and as you were saying, like this is livelihood, right? So people are treating it very seriously because if they don't, then their their work is is gone. In fact, if COVID does pop up on a set, depending on on uh, the person, I mean, you might be contact tracing to say, all right, well, who is this person near all the time? Is this something mm-hmm. that is concerning enough where we need to shut down production for a couple of weeks and quarantine to make certain that no one else is sick? Like, that's a big deal. Yeah. And time really is money when it comes to producing TV and film and all that. So you've got to make sure that everyone is safe or else you're costing a studio potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars in downtime. And uh, and nobody wants to be responsible for that. So, no. I mean, it's it's encouraging to hear that there are all these, these uh, protections in place. It is interesting because, you know, I feel very conflicted as a consumer because mm-hmm. I want, to see this stuff, right? I want the content. I'm a fan of things, but I don't want anyone to get hurt or sick because of that. And meanwhile, people want to work. They have that desire to both be creative and to make a living off of it. Studios want to work because they want money. Uh, So everyone has these different motivations, some of which might feel 
less pure than others. Like if you look at mm-hmm. it from the studio perspective, the typical approach is, oh, those greedy producers, by the way, my official title is executive producer. Then uh, you, you start to, you know, you can feel like weird about wanting to see stuff mm-hmm. come back. But knowing that there are these protective measures in place and that these are things that the various guilds have worked toward to make certain that the people they represent are protected makes me feel better about it, knowing that people are going to these lengths to try and protect each other and the art itself. And and those links, I'm sure, will change as we learn more about what's going on with the virus. I have been on a couple indie sets since the beginning of the pandemic, well-spaced out, you know, making sure that myself and everybody else on very, very small crews, uh, it's me and one other actor and then a couple of crew people is what it's been. And we've all quarantine prior done it and then quarantine as well yeah yeah um again like even even at the indie level it seems like everybody's everybody's taking it as safe as humanly possible because you you want you, you want everybody to be safe first of all and then you don't want that hanging over your product either so yeah yeah, yeah. um you know it's everybody's just trying to do the best they can, I suppose. <laughs> well, and, and like I said, to me, it's actually kind of inspiring. It's because yeah. uh, we're really looking otherwise at a pretty bleak future in the short term anyway for entertainment, because if we can't create those safe spaces and safe environments for creation, then we're going to have a really long dry spell. Although I will say, like, after Umbrella Academy came out, <laughs> prior to new seasons of things starting to come out now, I did use that time to catch up on a whole bunch of television that I had been like, I want to watch this show, but I don't have time. Yeah. It was kind of nice not to have that pressure of how am I going to fit all these TV shows in? Because I love, I love watching media. Um, <laughs> yeah. So finally having all that. And, and of course, we've seen people really gravitate toward various streaming services. And, you know, we even had some new stuff come out. Either it was uh, already produced after the pandemic, you know, before the pandemic hit, rather, or it was something that finished up during the pandemic. There were some really creative approaches to that. Um, One that uh, I meant to mention, which is really odd, is that uh, Blacklist did a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. With theirs, where Blacklist was in season seven, which was, they were renewed for a season, season eight, but they were still in production for their 2020 season when the pandemic hit, which to me was already unusual. A lot of television productions will be finished by then because they have to be so far ahead of the actual release schedule. But mm-hmm. Blacklist was still filming when the pandemic hit and shut down production, but they needed to get their season finale done. And so what they ended up doing was they had the actors record lines out of their own homes, and then they hired an animation studio to animate the season finale, uh, which to me is just like, that's putting a lot of faith in your audience, right? To to completely Mm -hmm. switch to a different form of, of storytelling and hope that they come along with you on that journey. That's a big deal. It is, you know, but... People have been, it seems, really supportive of the way that 
Uh, not just television, but live events have had to pivot as well. For instance, Dragon Con. Yes. So for those who do not know, Dragon Con is a science fiction, fantasy, horror fan convention. And it's the largest one in the Southeast. And uh, it's it's out of here in Atlanta, Georgia. And it mm-hmm. typically happens over uh, uh, Labor Day weekend. And it's huge, right? There's you get <laughs> one of the running jokes about Dragon Con is that you never really know how many people attend on a weekend because the estimates will range on the low end from around 30,000 to more than 100,000 from people who are crazy. Yeah. Cause I don't think there's any way there's that <laughs> many. I mean, it feels I mean, like you, if, it. If you count the people who stop on the side of the road as they're going to pick up their Dunkin' Donuts to watch the parade, maybe. Yeah, no, on, on a parade day, sure. So yeah, and Dragon Con is particularly known for things like uh, the cosplay community. Uh, like Comic Con is a is a much larger convention by number of people. However, Comic Con takes place in a convention center that closes at the end of the day. And uh, maybe like, I'd say like one in maybe one in five people at Comic-Con are in costume, maybe. At DragonCon, it feels like it's one out of every two. Like, half of the people are there in costume. And it all takes place in hotels, so it never shuts down. It's there 24 hours a day for, like, now it feels like a week and a half because it it, it technically starts on it's a Friday. It's technically four days. Yeah, it's technically Friday through Monday, but it's now now... For a while, Thursday was the new Friday, and now Wednesday is the new Thursday. Uh, however, obviously this year, that was all just not viable, right? They, you could not have yeah. a big convention in person. So they switched to an online streaming event version, and they put in so much work to get guests and to have panels and to and to still have an interactive experience online uh, as best they could. And it was really exciting. It was. It was interesting to me because we saw Comic-Con, we saw some other conventions also do these online programs, mm-hmm. but Dr- DragonCon kind of took it the extra step. They even did the parade. They even figured out a way to do parades and costume contests as a part, as we said, cosplay and that social aspect is such a huge part of that convention. They they really figured out how to make that possible for the fans. Um, and I've seen artists... Uh, you know, Dragon Con's a convention, but I've seen artists and other events do the same. In the interest of full disclosure, Ariel has in the past worked at the con in various mm-hmm. departments, and I uh, am the son of the first Toastmaster of Dragon Con. So we both have a, a long history with that convention. But neither of us, I think, were involved this year. We were just uh, uh, more like attendees than than participants. Yeah. So it it is good that we're still seeing that sense of community online, mm-hmm. even through the pandemic. And it's interesting because it's it's like seeing an, a weird cycle for me, because for the longest time when I was growing up, science fiction conventions, that was like the one time you could gather with other people who happened to like the same weird stuff you liked. And you could talk to them and you could share your crazy fan theory about, you know, whatever it was. And you could talk about you listen to other people's crazy theories and then mash up your crazy theories. And you'd have these endless discussions about all sorts of fantasy and sci-fi and horror stuff. But that was the only place you could really go and do that because there wasn't an Internet 
for the general mm-hmm. public at that point. Now we have the internet where we have the, all these different spaces. And so you hear my dog barking in the background. We have all these different spaces where we've got things like, you know, Reddit or for the longest time we had Tumblr, although that's kind of died down now. Instagram, oh, all these still different there. places. For, it's yeah, still there. Just not as crazy as it used to be. I mean, Dashcon really took the wind out of their sails. But uh, yeah, we're, we're, we've got these spaces online that really help out quite a bit. And uh, it's interesting to see now that the place that used to be the central gathering point for geekdom has leaned so heavily on the internet, which in a large part has, has kind of democratized that experience so that you could, you could have something similar. You could find your people more easily online than in the real world. That is, that is true. So, you know, I've really enjoyed talking about this. And normally we we try to stay more on one topic during our conversation, but we kind of went over just to to how how much the pandemic has has made people pivot and how they're they're trying to adapt to that. But um it's time for another break. And then it's time for my favorite part of the show. Where we mash two things up. And yeah, let we, me tell let me tell you, folks, she's she's picked a doozy of a pairing. <laughs> Listen, listen, I think it's it's pertinent because we're talking about the pandemic and this mashup has both properties have stuff to do with masks. Right. But let's not spoil it. We'll have everyone join us after the break and then you'll find out what the heck she's talking about. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. everybody so like i said we are going to do our mashup now so we kind of brought you down talking about all pandemic stuff which everybody knows about but we 
We wanted to talk about it. Uh, So now we're going to bring you back up. So this week, we're taking two properties that have to do with masks, and Mm -hmm. we are mashing them together. One of those is The Mandalorian, which is a show that made it through production craziness with the pandemic because we just got the second season that is currently airing. And the other, because we talked about Broadway being shut down and um, about the opera being shut down, is The Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, so um, I, I don't feel like we even need to talk about what these things are because I'm pretty sure everyone out there listening has heard of them. But just in case you haven't, The Mandalorian is a Star Wars property running on Disney Plus and follows a bounty hunter, a Mandalorian, similar to uh, Boba Fett. But uh, is this takes place after the events of uh, the original trilogy. And then Phantom of the Opera is a a ridiculous, bombastic musical. The the specific version we're talking about, I imagine, is the musical version. That's what you had in mind, right? Okay. Yes, the musical version. As opposed to like the original book or the, you know, Lon Chaney type movies. With, yeah, where where a disfigured guy wears masks and hides under the opera and falls in love with an opera star. Yeah, Um, and and then she, she has Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, it it brings up a whole nother conversation of of ableism (laughs) and things like that. But we'll get into that in a future episode. Regardless, uh, I want to start. Yeah. So it starts when our hero Mando, and that's not his real name, but I'm not going to spoil it for Jonathan because I don't know if he's watched the episode that far yet, uh, has his helmet broken and in half in a bounty hunting duel. Disgraced per the code of his Mandalorian ways, Mando takes residence under the last place anyone would look for our stoic protagonist and accidentally catch a glimpse of his face, the local space opera house. He hides underneath it. (laughs) But to his surprise, he loves the music and the drama of the space opera, and he starts watching the shows. However, from his little hidey hole where he's watching the shows, because he can't just sit in the audience, people would see half his face. That cannot happen. Uh, he sees that strange things keep happening during the performances. Props will float off the stage when the performers aren't looking. Trap doors will open up under the singers. It's it's ruining the shows and it's making everybody in them really worried. Uh, not wanting this art to be ruined, which has touched his damaged soul and his damaged helmet, he explores the, the opera, space opera one night, and that's when he sees it the child ransacking the leftover refreshment table, levitating the food to its mouth. The child, too cute to kill, but too dangerous to let roam around the space opera, uh, is lured by Mando into the wings of the opera with him, where he stuffs the child in his pouch to become the caretaker of the child and by extension, the caretaker of the opera. The performers never know why this strange occurrence has stopped, but there are whispers of a half masked man hiding and lurking in the dark crevices just out of sight of the space opera. And if you listen carefully when the curtain is closed, you can sometimes hear the soft refrains and the curtains rustling. The child of the force is here inside this pouch. (laughs) Well done. Well done. Thank you. The the music bit, I will have to uh, shout it to my friend Sarah. Who came up with that? Not okay. all of it, just the music bit. Okay, so um, so it's my turn to pitch? Mm-hmm. Okay. The curtain rises, and uh, we see an auction going on. Uh, there's uh, the current item that is being auctioned off is a broken water evaporator. And um, as soon as that 
auction has cleared. They talk about the magnificent chandelier made from real IG-11. Yes, it's a (laughs) chandelier made out of a broken robot that then rises up majestically to the ceiling of the theater house that you are in, because this is a stage show I'm talking about here. And it all lights up and everything's brilliant. And um, so we essentially see the story of the Phantom of the Opera playing out, but with very particular lyrics. So, so here's my, my pitch for just two of the songs. Okay. Mm-hmm. So one of them starts off this way on desert sands. He came <laughs> to fix the broken Kuil was his name. I have mm-hmm. spoken. See, <laughs> so you got it. So yeah, like that's, it. that's like it. going to be all about him because Ugnots do not get enough love. So there's going to be just a whole number about Ugnots. But later, later we get the real heart wrenching number. Ready? <clears throat> yes, I'm ready. Tiny Yoda pop culture sensation merchandise across all of creation. Now, I'm not going to sing the sex part because I cannot even hit the high notes, but the frog lady of him would beg, please do not eat my egg. But the child still gobbled up one in a bite and cancel culture hit Yoda that night. You, spoiler. You, spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> you haven't even watched that episode, have you? No, I haven't gotten that far, but I, everyone talked about Yoda eating an egg, so I knew about that part. Okay. So, well, you, I, like, you touched no way my to soul. Avoid it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I got a note about that. I'm told that I, I have a restraining order now for musicals, which is fair. I didn't warm up, didn't have music accompaniment. That's Those were my... my it was, and also, and I'm a character voice actor, so... <laughs> It was beautiful. Look, stop making excuses. It was yeah. beautiful. I would option that musical in a heartbeat. Now, I, I like to go meta with my musicals, which is why I had to comment on the merchandising, which honestly, like the two things I've seen the most about this coming season or this this current season are uh, the stories about merchandise and all the Baby Yoda merchandise that you can get, including mm-hmm. like the little anima- animated Baby Yoda robotic figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the storyline within the show about Yoda eating an egg from a uh, a near extinct species and that uh, there was a big reaction to that. And I just haven't sat down to watch the full season. Like I started it, I started season one with my wife and we loved it. We thought it was such a cool take on the Star Wars mythology to make it kind of a Western Uh, But we just it was one of those things where we didn't carve out enough time to watch all of season one and then other stuff started piling up. So we need to we're as we're recording this, we're actually about to go into a holiday. So I'm hoping that I can have some time to catch up on stuff because that's definitely one of the things. Because then we can have a huge conversation about that egg thing, because I tell you, I went back and forth in my brain about it a few times. Um. Yeah, the the stuff I've I've seen has been um, interesting as well. Cause I even read up a little bit about it. Cause at that point I'm like, well, it's already been spoiled for me. I can't, I can't unknow that. So I do want to know the context, but it's going to take me a while to get there. So I'll go ahead and read up on it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it, it, like to me, to me, the Mandalorian is one of those star Wars properties that just felt Thanks, Tybalt. Felt really, really good. Like it just, it, it was, it was, it was 
it felt like Star Wars, but in a new way. And I'm one of those grouchy old guys who's like, I, I, I didn't like the prequels. Uh, I don't fault people who do. And I'm not crazy about the sequels either. And in fact, if I'm being totally honest, I've still never seen, I haven't seen the last film in the, I haven't seen the rise of Skywalker. I just haven't seen mm-hmm. it. Or the, but that's okay. You like Mandalorian. A lot yeah. of people who have issues with some of those other properties do too. So uh, catch up and then we'll talk about it on Large Nerd Drunk Collider. That sounds good. So yeah, that was a fun one. Uh, we promised that they won't all be musicals. We do no. love musicals. Yeah. Um, well, we can't promise that they won't be all musicals. We're not planning for them all to be musicals right now. But yeah, no, we 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 care about you too much, dear listener. <laughs> but we Ouch. do welcome you guys to reach out to us. Well, I'm talking about my voice, not yours, area. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we welcome you to reach out to us and to share with us your thoughts on what a Mandalorian Phantom of the Opera mashup would be like or suggest other properties we should mash together. Yeah. Uh, and, and as well as, you know, any other kind of geek topics that you think we should really research and talk about, you know, stuff that matters to the geek sphere. Yeah. You can uh, reach out to us currently on social media at, on Twitter at LNC underscore podcast or on the Facebooks or on Instagram. Uh, you can send us a message you can send us a DM and we'll check that. And if we like your suggestions or your stories or your mashups, we might even read them online. So, yeah. All right. On the show, not just on online. <laughs> yeah. So, Thank yeah. Thank you. <laughs> no, that's fine. Like, listen, we're both recording this after a very long day. So it's, it's amazing. We are both online right now. Technically, we'll be reading them online. But yes, we'll read them on the show. if we like. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> That's very fair. So, yeah, uh, welcome to our madness. We look forward to covering lots more geeky things. Mm -hmm. And we'll be covering, you know, current news very soon. Uh, By the time you listen to the episodes that we'll start to publish starting next week, you will hear more current headlines. And uh, until then, I, yes, I am still Jonathan Strickland. And I am... And always will be Ariel Caston. Bye. I have spoken. The Large Nerdron Collider is a production of iHeartRadio and was created by Ariel Kasten. Jonathan Strickland is the executive producer. The show is produced, edited, and published by Tari Harrison. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.